I got a good job here in the city, though. I work for a company I'm sure you guys are familiar with. I work for uh, OkCupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That dating app? Cool. Uh, the people up here have been burned. <laughs> they did not like that. Uh, <laughs> it's funny, because I feel like people my age, they like the front. Like, they don't use OkCupid, okay you know? Which is funny to me, because I work there. <laughs> I see all y'all. It's like my New Year's resolution. I'm calling you out. <laughs> Y'all out here sending three question marks when people don't respond to your message? I see y'all niggas. It's crazy, you know? People always say to me, like, Chanel, you work for a dating app. You must be getting all the dick. I'm like, have you tried this app? It does not work like that. <laughs> to tell you the truth, it's very difficult to date when you're a comedian. It's very hard, especially as a woman, you know? Because guys worry. They think if they fuck up and the sex is whack, Maybe I'll get up here and just tell all y'all about it. <laughs> Which is abstract to me. That's a real abstract thought, because that would require all of us to exist in a world where having wax sex is kind of funny to me. <laughs> that shit is not funny to me. I'm very busy. Like, I get it, I'm a comedian, I'm a silly lady, I joke a lot, but I am not out here fucking for punchlines. I'm not doing it. And what's the timeline on that wax sex anyway, you know? Like, how many minutes in before I'm like, <laughs> this guy's getting hilarious. No, thank you. Recently, my little cousins found a video of me joking online. Now they think that I'm famous and that I've just been hiding it from them. They cornered me in the kitchen on some real gangster shit, like Chanel, enough is enough. You run around here traveling, telling your little jokes. When do we get to meet Drake? I'm like, damn, you wanna meet Drake? You're only like nine. She was like, no, 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 no. You know my birthday's coming up. I was like, I don't even know what that means. I'm afraid for what you think that means. And what are you gonna do with Drake? Because I know what I'm gonna do with Drake. Okay, ladies, my plan is simple. Mm, I'm just gonna break that boy's heart. Real good. Some of y'all think it's a game. You don't really understand. When I'm done fucking with him, y'all gonna get the best Drake album of his whole career. Some supremely sad shit. Grown men gonna be walking around with headphones on, just crying, eating ice cream in public, tweeting about scandal. I don't even watch scandal, but I know that joke fits. You guys have been amazing. I'm Chanel Ali. Um, it was kind of shitty. Uh, took. Originally, it was going to say Greyhound and mm -hmm. then miss the bus by like 60 seconds. Oh, no. Really, really only because the, it didn't say the gate on the thing. And I was like, hey, why doesn't the screen say the gate? It just says see agent, and the line for the agent was really long. So anyway, I ended up having to take Peter Pan, but uh, you know, it's fine. I got here. You got here? Yeah. You made it here. I like to celebrate the wins. Like, did I get here? All right, so we yeah. did it. You know? See, that, that sucks, you know? That sucks. <laughs> like, I've... I, 
I don't I don't do like a ton of traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I did, the last two times I went down to New York. Yeah. Um, though t- I, I use I drew I I drove my car mm-hmm. both times, and the first time it was great. I found like this perfect spot mm-hmm. on um, my buddy. Do you know C.J. Brown? No. Okay, good. And, uh, <laughs> he's he's kind of not worth knowing. <laughs> and um and I parked on his street and it was just fine and I was there for like 3 days and it was it was perfect. And the second time I got a ticket cuz I was within 6 feet or something or 3 feet mm-hmm. of a fire hydrant. Yeah. Where in Boston it's like if you're just not blocking, blocking it, it, you're yeah. good. Yeah. But in New York, it's 180 bucks. Oh, man. I didn't know it was that much. That's it was, significant. It was a nightmare. That's a, a real, like, I don't think, I still think I haven't paid that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the good thing about, like, out-of-state tickets is, like, by the time they try to catch up with you, you don't even have that car anymore, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I'm not gonna, I don't have, I don't have $200 to give the state of New York yeah. over some bullshit. Like, you could get to that fire hydrant. And there was no fires. There was no fires that we know of. <laughs> Nobody died, I don't think, so. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, so, but that's not what this podcast is about. So I'm just going to do the <laughs> intro right now. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to Drew Romance, uh, sponsored, as always, by Uh In the studio today, we have Chanel Ali. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to be here. Thank you for being here. (laughs) Um, And so do you know anything about my podcast? Um, I I came prepared to just talk about all the boys I've dated. Ooh, you know, and that is what we want. See, I basically the the inception of this podcast, like the creation of it, I just had a really cool title in my head. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what would that podcast sound like? (laughs) So you started backwards. Yeah. You were like, what's this podcast called? Okay, now what is it about? Originally, I wanted to interview people and convince them to break up with people <laughs> oh i love that my friend used to have a podcast who would try to bring comedians on and convince them to quit their day job it was great really yeah i also had the idea i wanted to get comedians in and convince them to quit comedy mm. like just pick like but i just i started planning on it yeah i was actually gonna start with my roommate sam who <laughs> does comedy but it's just if you're like... gonna make someone not be a comedian <laughs> definitely start with your roommate like totally definitely. make them quit this shit <laughs> But then I just couldn't figure out a way to do it where the first like big fish I would get because I had like a list of people in like Boston where I was like, you know what? I want this person to know. I want this person <laughs> to know that somebody thinks they should quit comedy. Yeah. And uh, but I just fig- like I figured like I couldn't I could only do it like maybe two or three times mm. before all of a sudden they're like, yeah, don't go on. Justin's yeah, podcast. he'll make He's you gonna- quit. Yeah, he's gonna just he's gonna just tell you all the things about your yeah. act that he thinks sucks. I gotta be honest, I feel like I, I could make a lot of comedians quit. Really? <laughs> yeah, I could tap into their psyche and be like, you know, come on, your dad hates that you're doing this. You, you know, know, I mean, here's the thing i I don't really I don't really do a ton of comedy anymore, like specifically because like I don't know, like I've been doing comedy for eight years and I've been in like the open mic rut, mm, you know, and mm. and I just know that I'm never gonna be. I'm never going to be like famous, mm. right? I'm never going to, you know, so I, I anything I do like any shows I do or this podcast, it's all because oh, it's fun. Fun is good, yeah. You know, it's I'm just having fun. Like this podcast is fun. Some people like it, the people who listen, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but like anytime like I hang out like last night like I just hung, I hung out with like a lot of comedy people and then they're just like doing all like the comedy gossip and just going through like the Rolodex like did you hear that this person did this yeah. and they said this on this message group that yeah. you're not in you know and it's just mm. like oh my god 
It's a lot. You know, I just, you know, I just want to watch BoJack. <laughs> mm. So many comedians like wouldn't even have a Facebook if they weren't comedians. Yeah. Like they would have deactivated a long time ago. I'm like, this is not even important. I don't need to even need to share my feelings or mm. things. But then they feel obligated to like have this medium and we obviously book things. So it's like there's a lot of different aspects of your life that as a comedian, you just become accustomed to. Mm hmm. Yeah. Completely. But like I said, that's not what this podcast is about. It's not? <laughs> it is not. It is not here. We are here to talk about you, Chanel, and just talk about your dating history. And just, I feel like just our relationships are the biggest things in our life, for the most part, that kind of just help us grow and just kind of make us who we are, just the various relationships, you know, we've had over our life. So Yeah, you know, we spend a lot of time with those people. Yeah. So tell me about your first crush. My first crush ever in my life? Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, the first time you saw somebody and you're like, whoa. Oh, man. Probably. Probably like fifth grade. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I'm choking a little. Could I have some water? Oh, yeah. You know what? Let's take a break. I should have offered you. Would you like a LaCroix? <laughs> No. <laughs> no. Okay. I would not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll grab you a bottle of water. If you, I'll be right back. If you have any um liquor, I'd love some of that too. A liquor? Yeah. Um, do you want a beer? Yes. Okay, yes. Sweet. Thank you so much. <coughs> I'm not judging you. It's not like I'm disgusted by it. I just know that I don't have a taste for it. Really? Yeah. I, Thank you. I, this is the peach. This is the peach pear LaCroix. He picks the mic back up. <laughs> I want you want this documented. You know, <laughs> I eventually I'm going to angle for a LaCroix sponsorship with <laughs> <laughs> Might once, as well. Once the Chanel Ali episode goes viral, we are going to we're we're going to get LaCroix. I really like Here's the thing. I really like their coconut flavor. <laughs> and my girlfriend thinks it tastes like sunscreen. Oh, wow. It tastes like your date. She says it tastes like you're drinking carbonated sunscreen. Mm. That's a very specific taste. Like she knows it. She's accidentally licked herself. Yeah. You know? She's accidentally had seltzer and sunscreen in her mouth at the same time. Totally. It was like, ah, oh, LaCroix? <laughs> <laughs> coconut LaCroix. But yes. Okay. Now that you had time to think. Okay. Yeah. So my first crush, I think that I feel like was significant because i think i remember having a boyfriend i remember having two boyfriends in kindergarten i remember whoa yeah i remember it being like a real controversy on the playground because i had a boyfriend for recess and then i had a boyfriend for like in the class damn yeah like the duality of i need two relationships you were poly in elementary school i was killing it yeah, yeah you were I, I like remember it working for a while too like it was a good system you yeah. know <laughs> Um, but obviously we were like young, we were, you know, my, me and my boyfriend, we just raced, we would just run together, mm. <laughs> you know, so that was fun. But I think my first real crush was probably like fourth or fifth grade, this boy, I think his name was Adam mm -hmm. and he transferred from a school, um, to the elementary school that I was at. And specifically, I remember crushing on him because I was the only black kid in the class okay. and he was a white kid, but he was very, very tan. <laughs> He was super tan. And then even furthermore, he was like very in tune with like hip hop culture. I remember at the time Lil Wayne was like killing the rap game. He was like super fresh. How old were you at this point? So we're like 10, probably 10-ish. Okay. Yeah. You, so you were 10. And how old are you now? I'm 30. You're 30. Okay, sweet. So we're, we're the same age, actually. Yes, we out here. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so, okay. 
So was yeah, he Wayne around when I was ten. Yes, he totally was. But he, this I is did back, not know. Little this Wayne is like when the Hot 10. Boys, like Silk to Shaka. It was like you know, way back in the day when he wasn't like the little Wayne that he is now. Interesting, because I first learned. Here's the thing, I. I, did, I wasn't into hip-hop just because I, I was, like, a little kid in Maine. Oh, yeah. And I had, like, very conservative, very, like, overprotective parents. Like, my mom walked in as I was listening to Ben Folds mm-hmm. when I was, like, 14 or 15. Yeah. And you know Ben Folds. Are you? No? Uh, not really. Okay. I don't well, you know that he's, like, this white dude who plays <laughs> right. piano. I do know that. he swears. He loves to swear. Oh, that's his thing. That was, yeah, that was his whole, that's what, like, made him, like, I'm edgy. <laughs> like, it's like Elton John if he yeah. had, like, a potty mouth, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, so she walks in, and he's, and, and I'm listening to a song called Army. Uh, which like the opening line is like, well, I thought about the army. Dad said, son, you're fucking high. And my mom <laughs> heard that. And she was like, what is this swear music? Like, and, how did you even get this? Yeah. And so then she went through my CD case and like broke every single like Ben Fold CD in half. Yeah. And then my brother was standing there and he's like, he also has an outcast CD. Uh-huh, in the <laughs> First of all, I loved Outkast when I, especially like mm-hmm. around this like time period that I'm talking about when I was ten. I think Outkast was probably my favorite group. But why fantastic. was your brother such a hater? My God, you know, I think he just wanted to see me suffer. Yeah, he was like, "Yo, make sure you get that really good shit that he has too," because he's go- he's pretending like he's gonna be upset right now, <laughs> but you don't even know it's under his pillow. Yeah, I mean, you know, and this is like this is like before like. You know, MP3s. MP3s. And no, stuff. like what she she broke it. She was like, "You're never gonna hear this." Again. Yeah, you will never hear. Yeah. I have successfully kept you, and now I just tell her the story, and she's like, I, "Why do you tell me things that hurt my feelings?" <laughs> <laughs> she's like, "Come on, it's not even that big a deal." And it's like, "Well, it's my my things." <laughs> you know? Well, it's kind of funny because she'll like talk so much about like all the things that my grandmother did that mm-hmm. like have like fucked her up yeah and then like and she can never let them go never let them go but then like anytime i'm like well you know i'm in therapy now and she'd be like i'm so sorry that i was such a bad mother that uh, you have to be in therapy she's like she's like can you just wait until i'm not here <laughs> like don't talk about it until i'm gone <laughs> it inconveniences me <laughs> so you are 10 years old 10 years old you see this tan white boy very tan what's his name Adam. Adam. And Adam likes Lil Wayne, and you're like... Woo! At that point, honestly, I, I had been at that elementary school for probably maybe two years, mm-hmm. and I just remember thinking, like, this is the first time I've had... I liked a boy. Like, I just haven't met a boy before that I thought could ev- I could ever look at as more than a friend until I had met this boy. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this boy! Did anything ever, like, develop? Never. 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 I think I remember we were friends throughout junior high and high school. Really? Yeah. We remained friends for years and years. And I definitely told him, I think probably in fifth grade, I told him like, yo, I I like you. Like, I don't know, man. And what did he say? He was like, oh, I like you too. But then it was that awkward, like, but you know, that's it. (laughs) You know, and I was never, there was never any like kissing Mm -hmm. or hand holding. It was never nothing like that. It was just kind of like, we like each other, but we're not going to be together. Well, I mean, you guys were very young. We were so young. It yeah. would have been awkward if you guys were together. Mm-hmm. And then as we got older, like we both dated each other's friends and more tan boys showed up, you know. So then yeah. I, I wasn't as pressed, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's fine. I thought you were special. <laughs> yeah. 
you had more to choose from. Yeah, I was like, damn. I, I just thought, oh, wow. Yeah. There's a lot of tan boys that know hip hop. A ton mm-hmm. of tan boys who know yeah. hip hop and can't wait to talk to me about it. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. you know, I mean, anybody that I feel like anybody that listens to hip hop uh, can't wait to talk to people about hip hop. Yes, it's I super. Mean. It's like a super passionate thing. And it's it's like it was like this crazy disconnect of like just being the only black kid in this class mm-hmm. and them talking about things that I didn't know about and me thinking like, man, I wish I could come to school and talk about these things. Like I even remember when Harry Potter first came out, I just remember feeling totally disconnected. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're getting really excited. I don't know. And then like later on, I read the book. And since then I've been a crazy Harry Potter fan. Like I, wow, you know, really? yeah, like it's my favorite thing. I read all the books like immediately, but, um, at the time, it was like this disconnect. But at the same level, none of them were really, except the tan boy, really talking about hip hop. We just weren't talking about it. Mm. So, you but know. They were all talking about Harry Potter. Everybody was talking about Harry Potter. The, yeah. the Lil Wayne of children's book protagonists. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, okay. So let's, let's fast forward. Tell me about like your first. Your first experience, okay, your first so, interaction mm. with 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 the opposite sex. Oh, my first interaction, or you mean like, like my first like dating, like, like real kiss, life? Your okay, first yeah. Kiss, your so first my time. Fr- my first kiss, I probably was a little, uh, I think I was a little older, probably like fifteen and a half, maybe even going on sixteen. Okay. Um, this boy named Brian. I guess I'm just gonna say all these boys' names because I don't feel anything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And um, I went to this uh, like underage dance club that they had at yeah. the town I lived in. And uh, again, I was like one of the only black girls. There just weren't black boys in my school, really. There was maybe two or three. So um, I saw this guy and I was like, hey, I never seen this black boy before. Whoa. And he was like, hey, I never seen you before. He was like, oh, I get homeschooled. And I was like, you're dangerous. You know, you're mm-hmm. you're a wild man. You know, you don't go to school. This is crazy. <laughs> you know, like nobody's checking on you. And then um he asked me to go to the movies and he asked me if I had had a boyfriend before and I was like, yeah, he went to another school. You know, I just made up some shit. Oh, you lied. Yeah, I just lied because I, I was nervous and I didn't mm-hmm. want this guy to think that I was a weirdo who had just like never touched a boy even though I totally this was. just like uh, the J. Cole song, Wet Dreams. Yes. I listen to that song at least five times a week. And see, sometimes <laughs> people think it's weird like as a woman to identify with those lyrics or like even that kind of mm-hmm. like mode and I'm like, yeah, totally, I lied. <laughs> I no. just lied. When that song came out, I was like, oh my God, this is the Pina Colada song for hip hop. Totally. You know what I'm saying? I like, love J. Cole. Like we were both lying, you know? It's like this whole time we were both we were both lying to each other but then we figured each other out. Yeah. We're both shitty human beings. Yes, we're yeah. liars. <laughs> it's an equalizer. But we can't even get mad at each other because right. we both lie. We didn't you know. know. <laughs> so the best kind of lies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody gets hurt. <laughs> yeah. So um, he asked me to go to the movies, and I had already lied and told him that I had had a boyfriend before. So I was like, yeah, we go to the movies all the time. Yeah, I know all about it. Like, let's go to the movies. You know, like, I, <laughs> I totally know how to do a date. Don't worry. I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. And I remember being nervous before going, like, oh, man, what if I don't know how to kiss? Like, what if I'm not good at kissing, you know? And um, we went to the movies, and we were, like, just sitting next to each other. And I remember he, like, kissed on my neck a little. And then I turned to kind of, like, laugh, just kind of be like, ha, ha, And we just ended up blocking lips. And then after that, we were kissing. What movie did you go see? Oh, man. I'm not sure, but I have a feeling it might have been one of the Shreks. Really? I think so. <laughs> Not the OG Shrek, though? I don't think One so. One of the later Shreks? Maybe, like, Shrek 2. I don't know. I got, Shrek I feel like 2 was still good. I got, Shrek 2 there, was It solid. was a great movie. I mean, when, we, were, when we weren't making out from what we saw... <laughs> 
it was cute, you know? You were enjoying Shrek. Yeah. Every time you weren't, mm-hmm. like, macking. And I remember, like, getting introduced to the world of kissing, obviously, in that first kiss. Yeah. And being like, this is my favorite world ever. Like, we after that, we would go to the movies two or three times a week, and we wouldn't even go in the theater. We would, like, just sit in the, like, emergency exit, like, the dark emergency exit hallway and just kiss. Like make out, just make out for two hours until I'd have to tell my my family, oh, I'm gonna be home after the movie, and then I'd go home. So you wouldn't even see these movies. Mm-mm. And you I remember a lot of money to make out with people. So much money, and I even remember sometimes coming home and my I lived with my uncle at the time, and he would ask me like, "How was the movie?" And I'd be like, "Fuck, I don't even know what that movie is about." You know, <laughs> like I would be so nervous, so I would try to like look up like a, a description before so I could be ready to say something. <laughs> But yeah, that was like my first like experience with a boy and I just, you know, lied to him and told him I had whatever before and then he ended up being my first and then after that we were boyfriend and girlfriend How for a while. How were you when this all started? Uh, we met when I was like 15 and a half and okay. I think we dated until I was like 17 and a half maybe. All right, and he yeah. was your first. Mm-hmm. He was my so first how everything. How old were you when you lost your virginity? Um, probably like 16. Wow. Yeah. See, I lost mine at 17 and I thought that was impressive, but you have... Yes. You have defeated me. You know what's <laughs> crazy is at the time, I remember him, like, the first time we had a conversation where he was, like, if, asking me if I had had sex before, he was like, I'm surprised to hear you say no. Are you very religious? And mm. I remember being like, oh, no. <laughs> I just <laughs> hadn't really met a boy that I liked, really. I don't know. It didn't seem that serious to me. Like, it wasn't like I had put it on a pedestal of, like, this thing that I was going to give away or, like, mm-hmm. be deflowered. Like, I never even thought of it in those terms. I just thought, like, oh, I just haven't met anyone that I thought I wanted to get started with yet. And now here you are. So and now here we are. I guess we can try it, you know. But I time also... Time to dick it up. You know, I but also <laughs> took my time. Like, I feel like we dated for a long time before we ended up having sex. But, yeah, he was my first. And I obviously was like, oh, I love you. We'll probably be together forever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you will <laughs> can't w- i found him you know <laughs> it's done of course you guys are gonna be together forever right and then yeah uh, that's what happens when you're a teenager totally and yeah. then you know texting came out <laughs> the relationship shifted and yeah mm-hmm. and now every once in a while he'll hit me up on facebook really he still does every once in a while yeah he'll just say hey miss holly i would love to hear from you please give me a call like let's catch up and i'll say okay and then i just keep living my life <laughs> do you guys have you like hooked up with him since no 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 he was like high school in high school a little and then I, after that no because i i moved when i graduated high school i moved to go to college i, I moved to philly and then i just wasn't around you just weren't around where did yeah. you grow up again well i went to high school in california that's where i met him Okay. Yeah, so I moved around a lot, but I'm from the East Coast, like the Philly area. All right. Originally. All right. Okay, so why did you guys break up? Um, why did we break up? Uh, I think it's a good thing when you can't really remember specifically why. Like, I don't remember what it was, but I think we were just young and, I don't know, wanting to do other things, probably. Hmm. And, um... Yeah, I don't know. I just think it just kind of imploded one day, and I was like, I don't really care to text you anymore. It sounds like you really didn't care about him. I did in the beginning. I did, but that was because of the mystique of like him being my first and me being so inexperienced. Like I think when I think back, all those things played a part. But mm-hmm. the reality was that he he wasn't a great boyfriend. Like he didn't treat me great. I would say, and so I just remember. Fi- I remember feeling in like what ways? A lot of ways. I mean, with him being homeschooled. Um, he started to really like weigh on me for like helping him with school and helping him with things. And that's hard when you have like a way busier schedule than 
someone else, you know, trying to like teach them the things that you already learned. So I just felt a lot of pressure and I just so always he felt kind of like turned you into his surrogate tutor. Yes. And then he ended up transferring to my high school because he was like, you know, let's I should just go to your school. We should just be going to school together. And then it was like a lot of work. And he was I think I don't even think he graduated because he was struggling so much because it is hard to transition from homeschool yeah. to regular school. I mean, homeschool. I, yeah, I, I've known. I've known and everybody that I grew up with that I knew that was homeschooled. Yeah. Like I, in retrospect, I was like, they weren't getting an education. Yeah. <laughs> That's know? hard to admit. But I do remember. And this is so crazy to like think back about having these thoughts as such a young lady. But mm-hmm. I remember hearing him read aloud one day and I remember it bothering me, like thinking, oh, no, like, you know, he's kind of struggling a little like he, he doesn't sound very confident in basic reading and i remember thinking in my 16 year old mind how am i gonna have a life with this guy whoa if he's not very good at reading holy like i remember thinking that in that moment like oh i don't know how serious we're gonna be if he's not gonna get better at this because (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i don't know if he's gonna really be a function a fully functioning adult you know chanel you are cold as hell Mm. (laughs) yeah i guess so (laughs) you are you are a cold stone killer (laughs) i just was like like, this motherfucker (laughs) has a learning disability (laughs) i need to cut this sand bag (laughs) like whoa whoa how are we gonna make this work whoa (laughs) okay so (laughs) i think that was the first time i can remember like as a young lady thinking about the future and thinking like, oh man, this might be a deal breaker for me. Wow. I think that was the first time I ever remember thinking a thing like that about a guy. I was like, mm, I don't like this. Because I remember knowing like the type of energy that we'll both have to put in to get him better or to get him even up to par with what I felt like we were about to do with our lives, like go out into the world and mm-hmm. go to college and shit. I just remember thinking like, damn, that's hefty. And I got a lot on my plate already, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a busy person. I was just like, wow, you know. <laughs> I can't be out here just teaching motherfuckers how to read. read. <laughs> like, I, I got to teach you how to read and then remind you to treat me good. Ah, This is like a soap opera. You know, I don't like, need this shit. I don't need this. This dude's going to just like get a job at Dunkin' Donuts forever. Yeah. You know? What's he doing now? I think he actually ended up going into the military. So I don't All know. Right. Yeah. Oh, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it worked out. <laughs> sense <laughs> hopefully he doesn't become a cop you know, you know yeah right <laughs> i mean that's kind of what america does right it's like uh do you barely know how to read mm. okay here's a gun <laughs> yeah don't worry we'll, we'll let you do this job for like 35 40 years and then you have a pension you yeah. won't have to read anything if you don't die you know <laughs> if you don't die we, for we got you on the fast track to no long-term reading yeah. <laughs> <laughs> completely okay so so 17 ish you guys yeah. break up and mm-hmm. then i assume you go to college i go to college in philly and and um, I dated a little just kind of like regular guys in Philly. And then I met a classmate who lived in my dorm room. Uh, I lived on the 10th floor. He lived on the fourth floor because every le- every floor was like boys, girls, boys, girls. OK, so it was a co-ed dorm, but not on the same floor. So were the wait. So they weren't like evens and odds, it sounds like, because he was on the 10th floor. You I was on the, on the 10th floor. You he on was the on the fourth floor. floor. So it was like fourth floor was boys. Fifth floor was girls. Sixth floor was boys. Seventh floor with the girls. I think it like went off and on until okay, yeah, however many floors. And so, so you were you were six floors above him. Six floors above him, and I remember meeting him the first day, like after moving in, because he was friends with a friend that I had known, mm-hmm. and um, his friend 
uh, started hitting on me. His friend like very clearly was like, now we go to school together. Like he had, I, I had known him for years and he was like, now we live in the same dorm. We're totally going to be a thing. And then he introduced me to his friend. And as soon as I met his friend, I was like, oh, I like your friend more than you, you know, like, oh shit. So, <clears throat> so then, um, his friend one day asked me to go to the movies. And I said, I remember saying to him, are you asking me like on a date or are other people going to be there? And he was like, uh, no, I mean, do you want me to invite other people? And I was like, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, listen. Yeah. Here's what happens when Chanel goes to the movies I just, with a boy. I want to make sure we're on the same page, you know. But it was a great date. I had such a good time with Did him. Did you take him all the way into the theater, or was it just the hallway? <laughs> we went in and sat down, ate a little bit, and then we, you know, all we right. want to cause a scene. But um, so yeah, so then he became my college boyfriend, and uh, we. And what was his name? Uh, his name was Jarrell. Jarrell. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming white. No, no, no. <laughs> he was a white guy. <laughs> um, he was a, he was a big guy. I feel like people used to always ask him if he played football. Like he was really like stocky and nice. was like a very like he just. I remember when I first met him, I definitely remember thinking like, oh, he's probably an athlete or you know. I even remember thinking like he's probably a little out of my league, you know, because he was just so good looking. But um, yeah, so we started going out and then uh, we living on the same building. So it's like every day just texting. Hey, good morning. Hey, good morning. You want to come down or should I come up? And it just was like the cutest shit ever. Really? Yeah, I think it was like. So how long did this last? Um, We dated probably maybe three years, almost all of my college. I dated him and we moved in together. We got an apartment together my junior year. And then then we imploded because we were babies trying to live together yeah, and pretend to be adults and try to do college things. And I think a lot of my mentality when it comes to dating and why I was a little heavy handed was because I moved around a lot in foster care. So I never really had like that foundation of if I don't have a boyfriend or if I don't have someone in my life that's like affectionate towards me, then I have other things. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I didn't have support at home. I didn't really feel like I had those things. So when I found them in a guy, um, it was easy for me to really start thinking about a future or thinking about like long term. Is this really healthy for me? You know, because I was very protective of like, I don't want to waste time with a guy that makes my life harder because my life is really hard. You know, yeah. I'm always taking care of myself. Nobody's checking on you me. You had to like teach yourself mm -hmm. how to take care of yourself. Right. And you know? so with my relationship with this, with Jarrell, um, he had come from a, a lot of privilege. He had had parents who were very well off and they had provided him with a lot and they still were helping him a lot. So then when we moved in together, I just remember us immediately clashing heads on terms of like what it means to be an adult and what what's being responsible and spending money and paying bills and like checking the mail, like the basics of things that for me were a, a real norm because I had been taking care of myself for so long. So for but him, he was like he he basically still needed a mother. Totally. Yeah. Wasn't prepared to like get up every day and go to work and then force yourself to go to class. And then, you know, because we we had to get we had to have pretty good jobs to support the apartment we had and we were still in school full time you know so we had a lot of responsibilities and shit you guys were really like young adults yeah yeah we had a dog you know we were doing the thing and i was like handling those tasks just more seamlessly so then i just remember us always butting heads on money money always butting heads on like taking care of the apartment and things and that just got to a point where i was like i want to be alone i want to live alone i don't want to be with you anymore Damn. And so you broke up with him? Yeah. 
<clears throat> what actually happened is I, I first tried to just get my own apartment. I was like, let me just get my own place and it'll, you know, resolve some of the fighting that we've been having. And as soon as I did that, it never, that never is the way that as works. As soon as I did that for him, it was like a knife in the back and he would never forgive me for it. He was just like, you, once you moved out, I knew you were never going to move back in. And I just knew that we were never going to be whatever, whatever. And then it just like, it just spiraled and to the point where I was like, I just don't even feel like we're friends anymore you know you just you have so much disdain for me because i have an apartment that you don't have a key to so it's like ooh, yeah i mean i mean that's the thing though i mean and sometimes it's like good that those situations like my a few years ago my mom back when my parents were married my mom was like i'm just getting my own my own place because i just don't because like our entire lives my mom had seven children. Mm -hmm. I'm the oldest of seven kids. Mm -hmm. And she, like, you know, she never had any nice things. She had, like, this nice cabinet full of Yankee candles, and we broke the lock off. Ha! And then, like, one day my dad grabbed, like, the power went out, and my dad grabbed every candle. Fuck your candles. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, well, we need a light in this place, so, you know. What are these for? Yeah. You know? And, you know, and anything my mom ever bought. So she bought her own place. And then, you know, and she's like, we're not, not leaving your dad. And then, like... Yeah. Two years later, I'm leaving your dad. Yeah, you know? I've, I've got all, rooms of candles now. I don't need anyone. <laughs> I definitely don't need a man telling me what to burn. You it's know, it's just me and my candles. You know, I, I, she, she's, it's, you know, that is something that happens, and I think that like sometimes it's like you think that you know if I don't see this person every day, we'll resolve our issues, and I'll miss them so much. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you, it happens the other way, and you realize like, oh man, that person was actually a bit of a burden to me. And I'm feeling lighter now. And so for me, it was always easier to acknowledge that and move forward and be like, I, you know, I don't have any ill will towards this person, but I really can't be burdened by anyone because. Do you think heaven. that Jarrell still has ill will towards you? <clears throat> um, no, I do know that he, he recently had a baby and he's like settled down in things. But okay. I, but I do think he was uh, very bitter immediately after that like as soon as we broke up as soon as i moved out he was very bitter but as soon as we broke up he was pretty bitter like i remember him deleting me off social media mm -hmm. and we had a dog obviously i said we had a dog and the plan was for him to hold the dog because the apartment that i had got i couldn't have pets so i was like bringing food and i would come visit and you know i was trying to like you know be pass our, our child back and forth yeah. you know trying to co-parent and I just remember him making it really difficult, like not answering his phone or like telling me to come to the house and then not being at the house, things like that. And I was just like, ah, you know, I feel like you're kind of doing this to be vindictive. So then I just wrote him a message one day and was like, hey, you know, I, I understand that this has been difficult, but I really feel like you don't want us to be friends. And that's something that I can respect if it's uncomfortable for you, but I'm not going to keep trying to be your friend. And for you to keep giving it's me this cold, like, yeah, because I wasn't, I wasn't like, back. yeah, because you know I wasn't like, please forgive me for moving out. Let's just get back together. Like I wasn't on any type of like, I totally understood what had happened. It was like, but we have this dog, you know, this is mm -hmm. before I was brave enough to say, you keep the dog. I'm not going to come see the dog like it's done, you know, yeah. but um, there's there's plenty of dogs in the sea. There's a lot of dogs, <laughs> you know, a lot of dogs out there. I wanted to be a really responsible but like, dog. Maybe, mom. you know, maybe in in this dude's narrative, maybe you like getting fed up with his bullshit mm -hmm. and then just moving the fuck out on him. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what he needed to maybe. like smarten up, you know, because like, yeah, in my life, I look back at my life and it's like I've had some like really rough breakups, you know, mm -hmm. and where it's like, whoa, that was like that was kind of fucked up. Like that you shattered know? me. Yeah, yeah, that shattered me. But every time it was like, well, you know what? 
if you know if if I would you know I hadn't been left at this point I never would have done this thing and I know you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying and mm-hmm. it's just like you know and I and that's why I feel like just you know you're supposed to have multiple relationships you're supposed to grow you know just kind of learn, bumble through and fail you're supposed to fail yeah hell yeah. yeah yeah I definitely I think. And all my relationships, I can look back and be like, ah, you know, I was really young then, especially like before 24. I remember knowing or feeling like I had a really good handle on life. And when I would date guys, even if they were older than me and they would try to tell me like, hey, I think you should do this or consider this, like try to give me some direction. I remember not being very receptive to it because I remember thinking, I don't need your help. I know it now as third when I'm 30, I'm like, yo, I didn't know shit. I thought I knew <laughs> so much, but the reality is I knew that no one could really tell me anything. And that's why at 30, I feel like I could never date someone like 23 or 24 because I'm like, it's always weird. You can't tell them anything. Yeah. <laughs> they won't listen to you. Although I feel like there are, I've met some like weirdly wise, like youthful yeah. people. Actually, one of my roommates, he just moved in. We met him on Craigslist mm-hmm. and he's like this, he's like this Bolivian kid uh, his name is Mateo, Hi. and he's from Vermont, and <laughs> <laughs> and he's just and he's like so he's he grew up Bolivian. I mean, well, he we grew up in Vermont where he grew up super like libertarian, mm-hmm. and he's just like fascinating to talk to because he's just he's way smarter about politics than I am. Yeah, but he's also kind of like. He's like kind of conservative mm. where like he's like, yeah, he's like every time I go through, I go, I, I fly, I get stopped for one of those random checks, mm-hmm. you know, and like every time I'm the random check. And I was like, oh, that dude, that sucks. He goes, yeah, but it doesn't piss me off as much as uh, people getting into college because they have brown skin. <laughs> <laughs> he's and like, that, like that really makes me mad. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're like that was a sharp left. <laughs> yeah, it's like whoa, and that's literally what he equated it to. He's like, yeah, he's like, I'll I'll take the random checks, <laughs> <laughs> but stop letting those brown people read. Yeah. Cut that shit out. <laughs> it's like I don't know. I as as the as the woke white guy, I have to defer to you. I can't <laughs> I can't challenge you on this. <laughs> yeah, you just gotta put your hands up. I, think. You know, I guess it's a problem. <laughs> you know. Okay. So you leave Jarrell high and dry. Yeah. Completely abandon him. With a dog. <laughs> with a dog. Well, you tried it. You tried, tried. to be there for I him. I really tried, man. You tried. You I tried. was like, not even on the weird shit. Like, I just want to come see the dog and give you some food so you can, you know, like, take care of this dog. And I was like, oh, maybe not. Maybe I won't even hit Yeah, you. but it's like, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I also see it from Jarrell's point of view. It's like, you know. Yeah. We could. We don't gotta do this. We don't gotta play this game, you know. Yeah. And um, so, how old are you at this point? Um, when we broke up, I I was about to turn twenty one. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So all of this happened. You had already lived with somebody mm-hmm. when we and moved had in. A fucking dog. When we moved in together, I was like nineteen. Like I wow. was. Yeah. That's why I was saying like we were like babies. Like I was an adult in terms of like knowing how to do the the nuance of like being an adult, mm-hmm. but he was not because he had never done it before. Yeah. And I it was just like literally our skill level was just different in that task. Mm. You know. So. Mm. To me, it wasn't that crazy of a thing. Whereas he was like, "Whoa, I have to have keys," you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta do things. You know? Just completely, yeah. You guys are just different, different yeah. part. So, so you can't even drink at this point. Can't even drink. I'm about to start drinking. You're about and to then start I, drinking. I think I turned 21 like maybe a week or two after I moved into my new place. 
Okay. Yeah. And so, so who's the next major person? Uh, the next major person was probably Steven. Um, Steven was older than me, so I'm 21. Oh, okay. Steven is, at the time, probably like 26, 27. All right. Um, he's on his way to law school, and he's very, like, he's very, what's the word? Um, at the time, he was just very, like, poignant and, like, really confident in what he was going to do with his life and who he was. And, and, you know, and if you stuck with him long enough, you'd be getting that lawyer money. You know, it was an ongoing joke. Yeah. Always very funny. So, yeah, law- guys, he's it's a win if you stay with yeah. this guy. Right. Yeah. It's like I just got to put in the time. You yes. Know? <laughs> right. And um, it, we dated, but we were never in a relationship. But we dated for a while. We probably dated for probably over a year. Honestly, when I think about it. Uh, and so when you say dated, so you guys were never like official. We were like, never a couple. We were never boyfriend and girlfriend. But like. We were definitely exclusively dating each other. We were sleeping together. Um, he moved away for law school, and then he would come back sometimes on weekends, and he would stay with me at my apartment. So we were, you know, every all my friends knew and referred to him as, like, my boo for that period of my time. Like, okay. everybody just knew him as the guy that I was dating. Where did you meet him? Uh, we went to the same college. Okay. Yeah, so I met him my senior year, but he had, I think he might have just graduated a year or two before me, and we just happened to meet on campus. I think he was just doing a thing. Um, but we had been, like, Facebook friends by random means, you know, so. That's always weird. Yeah, it is. But it's also, like, we just went to the same school, so people just added people. It's, it's like, early Facebook days, so you you had to have, like, a .edu address to even yeah, have. Yeah, yeah. So you just added people if they went to your school. And so we started messaging there, and then I remember giving him my number, and then we just started dating. But I also always remember with him that he was very like, you're too young. We could never be a serious thing. And I remember thinking, like, not saying out loud, but thinking in my head, like, eh, we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to convince you. I'll weasel in there. You know? I'm, getting, I'm getting older every day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. It'll be and fine. Plus, at that point, it kind of sounds like you had had more you had had more growth in your life just because of like circumstances. I was pretty grown. I was yeah. pretty grown for, you know, a 21 year old. But like, yeah, you sound pretty mature. I mean, you were a 21 yeah. year old that mm-hmm. like was working and doing college and also like just holding down her shit. Holding it down. I had a, yeah. a brand new Nissan Altima that I had leased. Oh, I, shit. I was very, it was very fancy. Uh, parking that car. What happened to that car? Well, it was a lease, so I gave it back. <laughs> but, you know. Hell yeah. So, yeah, um, we dated for a while, and, uh, you know, like, the distance was hard with him being away at school, and then just him being in law school, like, the, the heftiness of what his days were like. Um, yeah. I just felt like we got distant and distant, and then I remember one day feeling, like, really bold and being like, I just want to tell him that I want us to be together or I don't really want to know him anymore because um, the distance is hard enough and I don't like feeling yeah. like you're flying or you're just coming into Philly and then we hang out for a little bit and then who knows? Like, I just didn't like, yeah. you know, like that mode isn't just, yeah, it doesn't so, make you feel warm and fuzzy all the time. You, you know, know, sometimes you have to sit somebody down and you say, listen, give me your heart, make it real or just forget about it. What are we doing? You know? You know? And uh, so I like got really bold and I called him one day and was just like, I just want us to be together. And he was like, I just think that you're being naive. And he I said that to mm-hmm. you. I think you're Ooh. being naive and I'm real, you know, you know that I don't, I don't live there anymore and I'm very busy and things are going to change and blah, blah, blah. Just like basically saying like, it's just, it couldn't work 
We just can't do it. And so I remember thinking like, ah, this is heartbreaking. Like I, I obviously had never said, you know, I'm in love with you. And I really didn't feel that, but I definitely felt like we were on the path of like really liking each other, you know? So I remember being like, just gut-wrenching heartbroken like on the phone being very chill being like okay well you know if that's what you want to do i understand i just you know maybe you shouldn't text me as much you know like stop showing up at my house you know (laughs) like (laughs) let's let's cut it back then and so i remember like the next three days just feeling like i was living in the shower you know just really under the hot water that much yeah i remember being more broken up about that than any of the relationships i had had prior and that moment yeah, I well, remember I mean, you being... also left Jarrell. I mean, I did. I just remember really liking this guy and thinking like we could overcome whatever distance. I just mm-hmm. remember really liking him and thinking that I had I hadn't at that point really connected with a man on that many levels. And I just remember feeling inspired by him being in law school and just kind of like what his life, all of the good things. I just really like this guy. And I was like, damn. Maybe he didn't really like me that much. Maybe he was just pretending, but we've been doing this for so long. I just was like surprised that he could say, you know, it is what it is. And I was like, well, then fuck you then. I don't want, like, Do don't. Do you think he was dating other people? I don't, honestly. Yeah. I really don't. I really don't. Hmm. But I do think that he thought, and I think he might have been maybe a little right, that it would have been very difficult. And when I think back about how my life changed a lot over the next few years, I don't know how I would have been able to maintain that distance. But still optimistically i was like we can make anything work yeah we, we really like each other text messaging is crazy we got facetime now you know Te- technology was just advancing so yeah. um had you start had you started doing comedy at this point i hadn't no no um and this is so interesting because then i did start mm-hmm. uh so i graduated college so mm-hmm. we're just friends now we're talking here and there. I'm like dating. You and Steven? Yeah. We're just friends at this point uh, after us saying we're not going to be together. And he's still hitting me up every once in a while, asking me about life and things and blah, blah, telling me about things. And so um, he comes over one day and I remember him asking me like what I had done the night before. And I said, oh, I went to this open mic and I actually did stand up for the first time. And I, Whoa. Yeah. And I, was, and I was like, yeah, my friend just signed me up. Like I didn't even have any written material. I just got up there and whatever. And it was amazing. And you know, it's made me feel great. And I remember him saying, you know, I could totally see you doing that. I could see that happening. And I remember us sitting in silence for a long time after that, like on my couch, just sitting in silence and us both thinking of the possibility of me doing comedy. And then I just never called him again. Like after he, (laughs) after he left that day, I just remember feeling like I'm not going to reach out to you anymore. You know what? Comedy is my new Steven. I don't I don't <laughs> I don't need a Steven. I got to focus got on this thing, you know? Um Comedy is never going to tell me Who that, needs it? Uh, we're we're never going to make it work, you know? <laughs> Comedy will yes, be there. There's no distance. <laughs> we could just make it happen. I'm not I'm not I'm not naive, you know? With comedy I can get that lawyer money. <laughs> right. I don't even need it. So Yeah. After that, um I started comedy and then uh now I'm trying to think. And then I I started dating this guy named Chris. And how old were you at this point? So I'm like 24. Okay. I'm 24. So this is six years ago. Yeah. And you start dating Chris. Okay, but before Chris. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, I forgot. Before Chris, there was Jake. Okay. Jake was a blonde-haired, blue-eyed guy from Wisconsin. 
and whoa so you're talking like hardcore white yes also <laughs> I, I never made this connection also was in law school Ooh, yeah so you have a type at the time i think i did they had stability it seemed like they had a good idea what they were gonna do with their that's life smart no that's a smart gamble i had just graduated college i was like i don't fucking know maybe i'll do that i don't I'm know dating an aspiring teacher like i have yeah. clearly fucked up <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna read you all day you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> as we make as we make ramen <laughs> So I dated Jake for probably like six months and um, just a lot of issues from jump. I remember with Jake. With like, Jake? Yeah. Like a disconnect. And I it, I don't want to like harp on How race. Was Jake? We were the same age. So I think I was like 23. He was probably like 24, maybe okay. maybe a year or two difference. But And what was like the first problem you noticed with Jake? Um, He was just very like... Uh, I don't I don't know how to say this and make it sound like it was a problem. <laughs> he was very His like dick was just so just, big. He just never came. No, he just um, <laughs> he just had this like idyllic way of thinking about scenarios that just never seemed realistic to me. Like it just seemed like he was always going off on flights of fancy of like. I don't even know specifically, but it just wasn't, it always felt like there was a disconnect. Like, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do this. Like, I don't know. Did he like, I'm, I'm trying to figure, okay. Like, like imagine being that young and like being with a guy who just wanted to like play jazz and like stare in your eyes all the time, you know? Oh, so he was like just too romantic. Yeah. Like, and he just wasn't like, real. it he was, was like a seen... soap opera kind of, it just was like, it was so much, like, I can't remember how many times I came over to his house. Like, hey, I'm going to come over after dinner or whatever. And he'd be like, okay. And I would get there and he would, like, have drawn a bubble bath. And listen, bubble baths are great. We had some great baths. But after a while. I'm so tired of fucking bubble baths. Every time I come over here, how do you even. Why is this water still hot? I didn't even tell you what time I was going to be here, you know? I just felt like he always wanted to, like. He wanted us to just be kind of, like, in a cocoon together. And I was like, oh, we haven't been dating that long. It's not he that was, like, serious. Really I was just like, we haven't been dating that long. It's not that serious. Like, I just feel like you're making it a bigger thing than it was. And I remember him telling he, telling me that he loved me very quickly. Like, very, very quickly. Like, and me, how soon? Maybe, maybe like, six weeks in. Oh, wow. Yeah. And me definitely not saying it back, but not being a bitch about it, but also just being like, yo, I, I just, you know, I like you a lot. Yeah, that's a little fucked up, it's though. Just, is it? To not say it back? No, 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 no. Oh. To, like, say it that soon. <laughs> uh, I want to always respect people's, like, you know, their process. Like, I, obviously, if you feel empowered, you should speak your feelings. But also, don't feel like you have to make me feel obligated to feel the same. Because, yeah. you know, that's not how it happens. So, and yeah. And it's also, like, needy as fuck. Yes. It's like, scientifically, you could not love me yet. You don't you know, know me. You don't know You don't know. You who don't I truly actually am. know me. And that, and that always scares me when a guy says something like that so fast because it makes me think whatever you think I am isn't real. Mm -hmm. You have some expectation or some idea of what the reality of Chanel is and whatever that is, it's going to be really hard for me to always meet that expectation from now on because I don't even know who you think I am because I know you don't actually really know me. You haven't really spent that much time. I haven't told you that many things, you know? So how long were you with Jake? Um, probably like six months. Not that oh, long. Oh, wow. So he tells you, did you ever say you love him I back? I never said it. I never Whoa. said it back. And, did he and, keep saying it? Yeah. And yeah. I remember him saying it, like, I remember him saying it in the middle of an argument one day and him being like, and I love you. And I know that you're not going to say it back. And I don't care. 
I'm going to keep saying it. And I don't care until whenever you come around. Like he wasn't naive. He knew he knew what it was. You know what? That actually endears Jake to me. It was. It was very endearing. It was just like, oh, man, he was going to keep saying he didn't, it. He didn't even, you know. I'm like getting a little teary eyed over here just thinking about I it. I know. Like, he just kept saying it. Yeah. And also, like, I remember one time, like. I'm, I am part of the Jake hive now. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> it's early in the game to pick a team, but, you know. No, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm team Jake. <laughs> I, I think you got to go back and have one another one of those bubble baths. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. Who knows? You know? <laughs> But, um, yeah. So, so how did you break up with him? I'm just going to assume. Um, I'm, I'm so just assuming you. I broke up with him uh, on the phone and I just remember telling him like, you know, I just didn't really see a future for us and I wanted to be single. And, um, I remember him asking me, <laughs> this was such a crazy breakup conversation. I remember him asking me how he was supposed to get over me. Like, <laughs> like I remember him earnestly saying to me, Chanel, how am I supposed to get over this? Because he had he he told me he had never loved anyone before. He had never said I love you to anyone before. So to him, this was like uncharted territory. He never dealt with a broken heart, I guess, so to speak. Mm. And so I remember literally giving him a list of things that I thought he should do to get over us. And it was like not even like very specific things like do you abstract have that list I, it, I could i could recite a few they're very abstract things like okay take deep breaths let's listen to some music make a playlist that makes you feel good you know let's let's travel go read a book you know like watch i literally porn. watch I, a lot of porn. i literally remember feeling like i was just telling him how to occupy his time until i thought it would fade away and i just remember feeling confident that it would like you will get over me you will be fine we'll be fine but also more so because I knew that he didn't know me that well, as well as he thought he did. I was like, you're you're in love with this idea of me, but yeah, you don't yeah, yeah. actually really know me and you will get over this and you will be fine. And and we've always been friends since then, like every once really? in a while. Really? So you still talk to him? Uh, I can't say that I talk to him, but I always respond if he hits me up. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And have you, have you ever gone back there? No. Any of these guys so far you have not gone? No. Oh, okay. No. Wow. So you just don't you don't like to tread the same. I do like to keep moving forward. I do like to keep moving forward. Um, So then, so so then we have Chris. So so then we have Chris, the blonde hair, blue eyed Wisconsin guy. No, that's next. No, that was Jake. Was Jake was Jake is the blonde hair, blue eyed from Wisconsin. So tell me about Chris. So Chris, uh, I meet Chris right after I had like decided that I wanted to do stand up seriously. Like I had done it a few times, maybe Mm -hmm. like six open mics over the course of like a year, which you know is nothing. So it's like you don't really have a good understanding of like how much work it's going to be. And so now I've decided, hey, I am going to do this, and this is going to be my life. And I meet this guy, Chris, and uh, Chris is biracial he's half black half white and i just liked the duality that he was very uh cultured and artistic but also very militant and very pro-black and like very like i got tired of watching him reread malcolm x i was like stop reading that book you you know what happens you know (laughs) like i get it i get it i get it we're out here um so we started dating and he's very supportive from the beginning about comedy like he comes with me to one of my first open mics waits for hours and hours until they put me up and then like stays up with me late after to talk about the jokes and what worked and what didn't like he's excited about being part of the process oh shit yeah okay so So, this guy is kind of sounding like a keeper chris is the guy i definitely remember thinking at the point like we dated for, well, we were together for probably like three years, probably. But 
I remember thinking maybe a little less, maybe like two years, but I remember thinking at a certain point in that relationship, like, Oh, this is the guy I found the guy. Um, we'll probably be together forever. We'll probably get married, have kids and all that good stuff. And he's going to support my comedy and it'll be so great. He has his own life. He's not interested in being a celebrity or anything of that. It'll be great. Yeah. And it's not great. Kaboom. (laughs) Kaboom. Narrator. Narrator comes in. And it was not great. (laughs) And then in bold text. (laughs) Kaboom. Uh, So then I started to get good at comedy. I started to get good at comedy. Started to get booked. Started to travel. Started to stay out very late. Maybe not text back as frequently. And it just became a problem. It just like. It became a problem of me feeling like I was with a guy who hated what I was doing with my life. And I just remember feeling like, come on, baby. Hey, baby, listen. Remember? We was gonna, it was fun. Remember? We had said we're going to do this comedy thing. So, so okay. So, what, like, I remember, can, you, can you, like, describe, like, a specific instance? Yeah. I remember when I got, realized. Like, really shitty about it? I remember when I realized, like, oh, this is really an issue. And it was, like, it was, like, a twofold thing. The first thing that happened is that I had a show in Philly. And, uh, you know, the singer Jill Scott. Oh, yeah. Her band happened to be at the show. They just happened to be there and they see me there. She wasn't there. Just the band. It's like six, six guys and maybe two, three singers, two girls. They all happen to be there drinking or whatever. I do the show. I kill. I'm the best comedian on the lineup. I'm killing it. It's amazing. Fuck yeah. Classic Chanel. You know, out here. They're like, hey, uh, we want to hang out with you. You're so amazing. We think you're so dope. Let's go smoke weed. I'm like, cool come to my house. So I take them to my house and you're hanging out with, with Jill, Jill Scott's, Scott's band, band in Philadelphia. It's an incredible night. And they're fans of mine now. They're like, wow, you're amazing. We can't wait to, t-, you know, and in your mind, you're like, I'm opening for Jill Scott. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be opening for Jill Scott. <laughs> SNL will hit me up tomorrow. Probably, you yeah, know, it's all going to come together. It's going to be amazing. So, uh, they come back to my house and that night, Chris was spending the night. He had planned on spending that. He had brought over a bag and was like, I'm spending the night at your house. I'm like, great. So, uh, it's late. They get to my place like three and Chris and I had been there earlier and had laid down. We went to sleep. And so I hear them come in and Chris doesn't wake up and I didn't want to wake him. So I go down there and we end up like drinking wine, smoking weed for like 30 minutes or something. And I just happen to look kind of up the stairs towards my room and I see that Chris is up and he's walking around. It looks like he's going to the bathroom or something. And so I get excited. I'm like, oh, he's awake. Great. So I run up there and I'm like, hey, Jill Scott's band is here. Come hang out with us. Holy shit. And he's like, what were you doing down there? Like, why did you leave me up here? What were you guys doing down there? Why do you look like that? And I was like, what do I look like? He's like, you look real wild right now. And I was like, well, it is 3 a.m. I have been smoking weed. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, I remember feeling like, come on, I smoke weed with you every day. Like, you know, this is just weed. He was like, it doesn't look like weed. It looks like you were doing something else. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Listen, put your pants on. I felt like he was insinuating that maybe we were doing like hardcore drugs or maybe even that maybe he fucking maybe not even fucking. Maybe he thought we were kissing or something like I don't know. I really I'll never know really what he thought. But whatever it was, I remember being like, yo, put your pants on. (laughs) Come downstairs. You will see. It's so chill. Like we're just sitting on couches smoking weed. Why would you be inviting him if it were so nefarious? Yeah, right. Like at least come see. Because then you can say, I saw. Jill Scott's fucking band, bro. Because even if you, you go down there and you're like, you know what? I don't like the vibe. Then you can say, well, I knew what the vibe was and I didn't like it. Like, yeah. at least come see. And he just was like, absolutely not. I'm definitely not going down there. Don't touch me. Don't talk to me. And spent the rest of the night, like, facing the wall in, in my bed. Wouldn't 
look at me was like on his phone just shut down in a really crazy way and so then the next day I like remember feeling like all right let's be calm and I apologize because I thought maybe I had done something wrong by just leaving him in the bed I was like maybe that is what the thing is and he just felt abandoned so I apologized and was like listen you know they were just my you know they were fans and he was like they're not your fans you're being a groupie whoa and that's what made me realize at that moment that uh his mentality about who I was as an artist wasn't accurate and I was like oh so you think I'm chasing after these people like they're so cool they're a band I want to hang out with them what you don't see is that they're coming to my house I fucking crushed because they were at my show yeah and they are recognizing and respecting me as an equal and I was like oh shit you don't see me as Mm. that to you this is a phase or a party thing that I'm doing and it's whatever and I was like you know we just didn't talk for a few days after that like I remember him calling me maybe like probably almost a week after that like hey how come you haven't answered my calls or how come you haven't called me back and i was like i just feel like you called me a groupie and that's really fucked up because you know not like that like these people came to my house H- how am i a groupie and they showed up in my house how does that happen god damn so then we decided we were going to work on it more and i told him what i needed and i was like i just need you to support me in comedy or i need you to not be around you know like you have to decide if you're yeah. going to be around this and i had been keeping tabs and at that point in our relationship he hadn't been to a show in about nine months he hadn't seen me do any stand-up comedy in nine months, which is a lot in your early days when you're getting on stage a lot and your material is changing rapidly. Mm-hmm. And so... And you're like figuring out what works and, getting and really, your voice is coming like more into focus. Yeah. And, and I like... so proud of like the work you've done. I ended up opening for like Bill Bellamy and like I was getting my first like amazing opportunities and this guy was just not being a part of it. couldn't even share it with him. Couldn't even like share it with him because then I felt like he would get suspicious like well did you hang out with bill bellamy after like you know like things like that and i was just like "Ah, i don't you know whatever so we're working on it i tell him hey you got to start coming to shows he says he's gonna come to a show uh the day of the show he calls me and he says i can't come i gotta put my car in the shop my car something's wrong with my car i say okay i'm very understanding (laughs) the next day i call him and i'm like hey how's your car like did you get he's like oh i went to the shop the guy wasn't there so i just ended up going home and I was like, so what time did you get home? And he was like, oh, I don't know, like seven. And the show, my show wasn't until like nine. It was, he had plenty so of time. could have gone to the show. I don't have a car at the time. I had gotten on the train and took myself to the show. Yeah. You could have done it. And so I remember being on the phone with him and walking down the street in Philly and him saying like, yeah, like I just didn't do anything last night. And I was like, but you didn't come to my show. And he was like, well, I told you I wasn't coming. I was like, yeah, well, that was because you had a reason. And he was just like mm. dead pant. And I just remember like screaming on a Philly street. I break up with you <laughs> in the phone. You said that? <laughs> I break, break up with you. I break up with you right now. <laughs> as if paperwork was going to fly in. And Let then the record show. A notary would show up. I wanted to declare it. Let the NSA know. <laughs> and also I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> Tell the creditors not to call, you know. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, I don't want to be with you anymore. And he was like, "This you're you're talking crazy." And I was like, "No, no, 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 you should be Did with you a guys girl." Li- you guys didn't live together. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Okay, that's smart. Yeah, I was just like, "You should be with a girl who's not a comedian because it's obvious that you're not down with this, and I'm not gonna stop this. I'm yeah. not gonna fucking stop this. So we should stop right now. We should stop, full stop, because I don't want to be with someone that does that does like that's a basic I gotta have. Yeah. and it, it blew my mind. You gotta be chill about." You know, that's your passion. To me, it was like for you to be insecure about these comedians or these artists, you could fix it by coming to the show. 
You could sit in the crowd and then I could get off stage and come sit with you and I could introduce you as my guy and there's no weirdness. You know what I mean? But I felt like he never gave me that opportunity. And so then I was like, I'm not going to do this with you. Like you should just be with a girl that doesn't do this thing that you can't stand. You know, it sounds like, uh, it just sounds like he was just incredibly, what is the word I'm looking for? Like he was just intimidated like I think, like maybe at first he thought it was like a cool hobby that that you do, but then when it became like clear, like oh, she's like yeah, she's she's seriously old in this yeah. world. And one day we did get that honest, and he did tell me like you know when I first met you, you didn't go out a lot, you didn't stay out a lot. I could always get a hold of you, but you're not like that anymore. You you go out almost every night, and you're out late. And I understood that I my life did change, but I also remember thinking like on our first date, I remember telling you what I was about to do. I remember telling you what was happening in my life and opening up to you about my dreams and my fucking like this this fucking guy, this fucking guy, you know, <laughs> this fucking dude. And then uh, that was a really crazy breakup. And so I remember like drinking a lot over the next few days, but feeling like very confident, like do not hit him up. Do not text him no matter how much you want to. Don't do it because this is just like that song. New rules. New. <laughs> we don't go back. Going forward. He's going to wake up in his bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't need it. And I remember his aunt calling me after a few days like he's been moping around. He looks really sad. And I really like this lady. I, I'll never, ever like really disparage her, but I'll never forget what she said to me. She was like, Chanel, do you really want to go find another man? After you put so much work into this one. Ugh. Hell yeah. And I was just Hell like. Hell yes, I do. Oh my God. I was just like, what? Like, in what world are you thinking about what's best for me that you're telling me to settle for your nephew? Ugh. You're saying settle. And it's early in the game. I'm only yeah. I'm 25, 26 out here. Relax, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I just like didn't hit him up anymore. And. You know, that was one of those breakups that I, I was really sad about. Like, it took me it took me a little bit of time to get over it. And it was hard not to hit him up because I wanted to. Um, but it just made me realize, like, you know, that's got to be a basic from here on out. Can't yeah. be with a guy that doesn't understand what I'm doing with my life and doesn't support it to a, a real extreme. It's got to be. That's the foundation, which I didn't know before. Mm. Yeah, you, you know? just, you know, you need you need somebody who's going to who's going to be like just like a pillar in your life, you know? Right. So then I decide, now let's fuck it up real crazy with your life. Let's date a comedian. (laughs) Oh, shit. This will be so much better. So then I started dating this comedian. And I don't want to say his name because he's on things. He's um, on things? Yes, he's on things. Like TV things? TV things. Ooh. Yes, he's a guy. So I meet him. Can I know his name after this podcast is over? Oh, totally. Yeah. I don't care that much. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I started dating him right after Chris and um, he's doing much better in his career at this point than me. I'm only like a year in. I haven't been doing comedy that long. He's already got a lot of credits. He's open for a bunch of people. He's like doing a lot of big things. So our relationship very quickly becomes him telling me what to do in comedy. Oh, like coming to an open mic with me and then getting off stage. And like, I remember being, I remember getting to a point where I would be on stage with a mic in my hand and I would see him walk in and I would tense up a little while I was on stage because I would think, ah, I don't want to hear what he has yeah, to say. I just want to fucking exist, bruh. I don't want to hear what he has to say about how I'm going to try this thing I've never, ever said before that tonight. Because it's an open mic. You know, you're trying things. Yeah. And so I remember one night, like, the crowd was just really shitty. And so I kept calling them silly. I was like, you guys are a really silly crowd. Like, you're being really silly and, like, precocious. You know, I like it. And I kept coming back to it every time they were 
being more shitty and it got funnier and funnier to the point like every time I called them silly people were laughing so much and so then I got off stage and I walked up to him like ah that was that was fun right and he was like you're not being serious you're not taking this serious oh my god none of that material that you just worked out like you can't just go Ugh. you know Ugh. all the bad things and so um eventually I just got tired of that whatever it was I just was like on a rebound from Chris and I just wanted to have a guy and this guy would go to his show and then pick me up from my show and then we'd go talk about comedy and I just liked what we were doing you know so it was just a thing to do but I only dated him for a few months and then eventually I was just like stop calling me wow yeah I cannot wait to know this guy's name yeah (laughs) (laughs) just 100% (laughs) okay so how many years ago is this this was a while ago this was like four years ago and were there was there anybody else major between then and now? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I started dating another comedian. Um, uh, also, not gonna say his name, but um, uh, we started dating um, kind of long distance for like a year okay. because he was living in Philly and I was living in New York. And then he moved up to New York, and we started dating much more seriously. And since then, we were off and on, I would say, but we're still seeing each other. To this day. Mm-hmm. And how's that going? Right now, it's really good. Yeah? <laughs> it has it has had its ups and downs. Because are, you guys, are you guys, like, official at all or no? Yes. Yes, we're official. Yeah. I, it's, hard, yes, it's, yes. it's hard to hesitate. You said two yeses. I know, because I want to be like honest. ascending pitch. I want to be honest and admit that, like, obviously I'm not dating anybody else, but I do think that we've had ups and downs to where we've taken a step back once or twice. And now we're at a point where labels are not extremely important. Like if we're out with each other and someone references us being boyfriend and girlfriend, we never correct them because it's not like it's wrong, but it's also like not our first mode of description when we talk about each other. Interesting. And is this guy also like on things? Yeah, he's a guy. (laughs) I like those guys that are doing things, you know? Yeah. Well, that seems like to be a constant. You like... You want mm. somebody, you're like strong, you're independent. You yeah. want somebody who, you know, I mean, I think it's, it, it, it used to be a much better example than it is now, but like you're, you're like a Beyonce and like mm. you want your Jay-Z. I mean, obviously, you know, you yeah. know she should break up with him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. It's very valid. It's very valid. You know, uh, you know I, I, actually just, I actually just went, uh, me and my girlfriend saw them Yeah, and I was like, this is good, but he doesn't need to be here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel you. It's like, well, I feel you know, like I'm getting robbed of Beyonce songs. I feel you. You know, cause he just comes in with some, like some shit that's for like the nineties. Well, he just you pops know, up. here's the thing. He just doesn't, it's like the best song of the night. I thought was when Jay did the story of OJ, mm. but that's the only song he did from that album. Oh damn. And that sucks. Like, that's a great album. Yeah. Great songs on that album. And that's like fresh Jay. Fresh yeah. Jay. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, when I think about like my relationships, especially like with dating entertainers, because I think in the long run, it's hard for me to imagine not being with an entertainer, like whether they're a comedian or some other type of artist. I think it's to me, it seems very likely that 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 I'll end up that way. But I have learned in the last few years, especially even like with doing things like this, like doing podcasts or interviews that I don't always 
want to talk about what I'm doing right now in my dating life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like sometimes I've learned like when you're really happy and things are okay, you can't tell a bunch of comedians because (laughs) (laughs) it just isn't really conducive to maintaining that happiness. And there was a time in comedy when I didn't know that. I thought, oh, you should just, if you're happy, it's fine. And if it ends up on a blog, who cares? (laughs) You know, like whatever. (laughs) But now I feel much smarter and much more like, if I'm good, especially if I'm like really, really happy with someone then I, I keep it a little more closed off, but in the same realm that sometimes causes an issue because you could be dating someone that like, doesn't want you to keep it on the deal. Like they could be like, Hey, why aren't you posting about us? And I'd be like, ah, yeah, we I feel like to- I'm Beyonce. And you know, if you start telling people that you're Beyonce, you know, yeah, they exactly. get all up in your shit. <laughs> exactly. That's how, you know, you know fights and you, elevators sometimes happen. You're the one who wants to keep it on the deal, mm-hmm. you know? Cause it's like, also like, I don't want this dude just sucking up all my attention. Yeah. You know, why do you think I'm doing comedy? It's mm-hmm. cause you know, cause, cause I want that. I want to be, you know, I think, and that's the thing. I, I just feel everybody that does comedy inherently, you want to be like, I'm going to be in this room of people. Yeah. Everybody's going to shut the fuck up mm-hmm. and I'm going to be the only one talking and you only make sound when I take a pause. Yeah. You know, and that's just, and I think that's just part of the mindset. So yeah, totally. So fuck this other guy. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. A fuck the guy you're currently dating. <laughs> <laughs> just fuck it. You know, <laughs> but I've got, I've got a good, um, I've got a good balance. I feel like for the first time in my like dating life where I'm like, I have a good understanding of what I want and what is just not absolutely going to work in the long run. And also I don't feel like, I think, I feel like I know a lot of ladies my age who feel like a clock is ticking, so to speak. Like I got to hurry up and get engaged. I got to hurry up and start making babies. And I definitely don't feel that pressure. And I feel like I'm just like, do you ever want kids? Yeah, I totally do. And, and, and especially I think being a foster kid, like I really want to be a foster mom and I really want to adopt. That's really important wow. to me. But I also, th- there are certain parts of like marriage and settling down that is just not important to me. Like taking someone else's name. I don't think I'll ever do that. I don't think that'll ever happen for me. And I do think that as much as like, we can say that guys are feminists nowadays and they're totally prepared for that type of mentality. Some guys are not really. Oh, completely. You know? I mean, there are just, there is still a deep ocean of horrible dudes. And that will, I don't think that'll ever go away. Oh, no, absolutely not. They're everywhere. Uh, completely. <laughs> okay, so when we make it to the end of these interviews, because I know you got to go. Yes. You got to jet soon. Um, so I always end every one of these interviews with a question. Yeah. And it's a two-part question. I'm going to ask you it now. Um, the question is, part one, do you believe in true love? Mm-hmm. And part two, if so... Have you ever been in true love and you are free to define true love however you see fit? Yes, Um, I definitely believe in true love. I think it's something that's very tangible. You can get it. Not a bunch of times in your life, but I think you could get it, you know, in general. I think it could happen. Um, I don't know exactly how I would describe it, but I think in my in my dating life right now, it's as close to it as I've come. As close to it. So mm-hmm. you think it's like something like, it's like a quantifiable thing. Yeah. I think it's so like. you're at like 87% true love right now. Yeah. And I, I remember specifically in this relationship, <laughs> this sounds so bitchy to say, but this is the first time that I remember waking up to someone, ne- next to someone, and feeling excited about what they were going to say. Or what was going to happen. Like just being excited by their presence. Whereas in a lot of my old relationships, I felt like I was like, uh, sometimes I want my own space to a certain degree or I want my own whatever. I'm just not always super excited to hear 
your words. But I think <laughs> I, think, I don't want to hear your words. But I think in true love, true love, it really comes down to like even not even like completely agreeing with every single thing this person has to say, but just wanting to hear their thoughts, wanting to hear their thought process, wanting to tell them things and have that level of intimacy that's like beyond physical or touching. Like I just want our brains to connect and I want to be able to like feel a passion that I have with you based on how well we communicate sometimes, you know? So I think that's like a big facet of true love to me. It's like just really, really wanting this other person's brains, (laughs) you know, just wanting to hear all of the things that they think and watching them try things and even maybe watching them fail and watching them, like burn out and come back like i just think that's really really true love when you're just you know just all up on their brains hell yeah <laughs> well chanel thank you so much for coming out thank you for all having the way me. to dorchester so far just sitting in yeah, i'm so sorry no it's just fine. sitting in it's my fine. little home studio um so uh so please tell all my drew drew romantics which are the the fans the fictional fans of this podcast <laughs> <laughs> tell them where they can find you on the internet you guys can uh, check out my website, ChanelAli.com. I always post my shows on there, so you can find out when I'm coming to your city, when I'm going to be joking. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Chanel underscore underscore Ali. That's Chanel like the perfume. Two underscores, Ali like Muhammad. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It was fun. That was wonderful. Yeah. And, and shout uh, out to all the boys. Yeah. Shout, shout out, out to, to all boys. those boys. And, and then I'm going to stop the recording and please tell me the names of these comedians you've dated. <laughs> And now, a word from our sponsor, CohassetInsurance.com. This is Craig Martin from CohassetInsurance.com, proud to sponsor Drew Romance. Woo! We've been voted Best on the South Shore five times. Hell yeah! Many radio sponsors offer a special deal to listeners. Yup! We don't. Nah. Having us as your agent is the special deal. Motherfucking yes. Visit CohassetInsurance.com to find out more about getting yourself the best agent on the South Shore. Booyah. When you leave for the weekend, I sit at home and smoke hot on the lawn. And the countdown to my freedom is just a wet dream of all the things This is a mic check. I'm checking the mic. This is a mic check. I'm checking the mic. I'm just going to adjust it.